Did we do Hosea 10 last week? You sure? I'm just checking with you. Let's read Hosea chapter 10, amen? We got four more chapters to get through. It starts shifting at about here. This is the shift. Um, but he still got some more to say. Israel, said as me, is an empty vine. He bringeth forth fruit unto himself. According to the multitude of his fruit, he hath increased the altars. According to the goodness of his land, they've made good, goodly images. Their heart is divided. Now shall they be found faulty. He shall break down their altars. He shall spoil their images. For now they shall say, we have no king because we feared not the Lord. What then shall a king do to us? They have spoken words, swearing falsely and making a covenant. Thus judgment springeth up as hemlock in the furrows of the field. The inhabitants of Samaria shall fare because of the calves of Bethaven. For the people thereof shall mourn over it, and the priests thereof shall rejoice on it. For the glory thereof, because it is departed from it. It shall be also carried unto Assyria for a present to for a pre present to King Jerob. Ephraim shall receive shame, and Israel shall be ashamed of his own counsel. As for Samaria, her king is cut off as the foam upon the water. The high places of Haven. The sin of Israel shall be destroyed. The thorn and the thistle shall come up on the altars, and they shall say to the mountains, Cover us, and to the hills fall on us. O Israel, thou hast sinned from the days of Gibeah. There they stood the battle in Gibeah against the children of iniquity, did not overtake them. It is in my desire that I should chastise them. And the people shall be gathered against them when they shall bind themselves in their two furrows. And Ephraim is as an heifer that is taught and loveth to tread out the corn. But I passed over upon her fair neck. I will make Ephraim to ride. Judah shall plow and Jacob shall break his clothes. Sow to yourself righteousness. Weep in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness on you. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies because thou didst trust in thy way and the multitude of the mighty men. Therefore shall atonement arise among the people and all thy fortresses shall be spoiled as Shammah met, spoiled Beth Harbel, in the day of battle, the mother was dashed in pieces upon her children. So shall Bethel do unto you because of your great wickedness. In the morning shall the king of Israel utterly be cut off. I want to jump back up and I want to go to verse 12 and I want to read. It says, so to yourself in righteousness. Weep in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time 
to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. I want to speak to you this morning from the subject, no breaking, no blessing. No breaking, no blessing. Write this down. If you write down Jeremiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, if you got time, you could turn to it. I'm going to read it. Jeremiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. The Bible says, If you will return, O Israel, saith the Lord, return unto me. And if you will put away the abominations out of my sight, then thou shalt not remove. And thou shalt swear, the Lord liveth in truth, in judgment, and in righteousness, and the nation shall bless themselves in him, and in him shall they glory. For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground, and sow not among thorns. Circumcise yourself to the Lord, and take away the foreskins of your heart, ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn, that no one can quench it because of your evil doings. If you would kindly go over to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, and I'm going to read verses 5 through 8. The Bible says, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and was trodden down. The fowls of the air devoured, but devoured it, and some fell upon a rock. And as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up with it and choked it, and other fell on good ground and sprung up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he said these things, he cried, He that has an ear, let him hear. Amen? Without a breaking, there is no blessing. Everybody wants the blessings of God. Who wants the blessings of God? And let's see my hand and make sure I'm in the right house. I want the blessings of God. Amen. If your person next to you didn't raise their hand, move away from them. Amen. Everybody wants the blessings, but nobody wants the breakings. Nobody likes to be broken. But breaking is almost always the preview to blessing. Before conception, there is a breaking. Before there's something new, before you have to go out and buy something new, it's usually because something broke. <laughs> Y'all are gonna help me. At, at Christmas, we break in the packages, looking for the blessing. And before true treasure can be found, there needs to be digging, a breaking. In relationships, watch this, in relationships, it, it's hard to have a true friend if you're not dealing with people who are willing to be broken to get to the real you. And if we are going to experience God the way that he desires us to experience him, we must be willing to be broken. The church, I believe, is in a time of breaking. 
It's only after breaking that true revival comes. Somebody say break up the follow ground. Now this word follow, it means plowed or harrowed, but left unsown for a period in order to restore its fertility as part of a crop rotation or to avoid surplus production. Follow me. Follow ground is a field that has been sown with crops in the past and has yielded much fruit but has now been left unworked for a time. It's, it's hard and full of roots. It yields nothing but weeds. This is a picture of a land that it used to be known for its righteousness, but now has turned away from God and is turning cold toward him. To break up the follow ground is to break up your hearts, to prepare your minds, to bring forth fruit unto God. The mind of the man is often compared to the ground in the Bible, and the word of God is the seed that is sown. The fruit is representing the actions or the emotions of those who receive it. So to break up the follow ground, therefore, is to bring the mind into such a state that it is fit to receive the word of God. And sometimes our hearts have been so matted down, hard and dry, until there's no such thing as getting fruit from it until it's broken up. It has to be softened. The heart has to be softened and be made ready to receive the word of God. That's why I read to you in the, in the parable of the sower that some seed fell on a path. And a path is where many people have walked. The dirt is well worn. The ground of a path is harder than the ground on either side of it. Because the more people walk on a path, the more packed down the dirt becomes. The seed that fell on the path could not seek down into the dirt. So, so before the seed could even take root, the birds came down and they devour the seed. I'm, I'm trying to talk to people. I'm trying to get you to understand that, that some people have walked all over you. That there have been so many people who have talking to the to the to the mind of your of your conscience that you have begun to believe the things that people have said to you and it has caused the seed to not be able to pen. Have you ever talked to people? You can you can tell when you talk to people if you're getting through to people. Because yeah, sometimes it's just not receiving anything. It's it's just like hitting someone in the head that's a hard brick. It's not going through because the, the, you have allowed so many people to walk on the path of your mind and they haven't paid a toll to be able to walk on the path of your mind. So, so, so God wants to get something to you, but first, before he can get the seed to be planted in you, he has to get rid of everything that's been done to you. That's the path. And then some seed got scattered and it fell into rocky places. But it, it, watch this. It is possible for things to grow in rocky places. 
I just did a beautiful little, you know, halfway a little paver thing, you know, that my wife is so impressed by, and uh, I, I'm glad about it. But but we we put rocks. I had them deliver the rocks, and we put the rocks, and we put the pavers. But it was on ground that was dirt, and we had to pull up the the grass. But there's still dirt, so there's still possibility, even though it's red clay dirt for stuff to come out. So I had to go get some grass and weed killer because I, I made a mistake one time and. And I thought I was getting weed killer and I sprayed my whole lawn with grass and weed killer. And I can't even tell you what that ended up happening. But anyway, I killed everything. Everything, everything was dead. So, so, so I learned from experience that it works. So I went and got some of that stuff and poured it on the rocks. So now nothing... Y'all better help me. Because it is possible for stuff to grow up through rocks. But usually plants don't live long that grow up in rocks. Because plants must have roots down in the soil. But in the rocky places, the hard rocks block the roots. And, and any seed that started to grow in thin soil withered by intense heat. Y'all better help me, help me. So, some of you got rocky soil, and, and yeah, the word is getting in, and it looks like a little bit of fruit is growing, but as soon as trouble comes, but as soon as the, the God turns up the heat, everything that you thought you had gets burnt up because it didn't have any root. That's why you got to be careful uh, when you look at people who look like they're blessed. And then you had some that fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and crowded the plants. The number one rule about pulling weeds is you must get the roots out. If you don't pull out the roots, the weeds will grow back. Weeds and thorns, they're very strong and forceful. Wherever they are, they take over the good plants. The strong roots of the weeds use up all the nutrients in the soil and the plants are left with nothing. <laughs> The plants, the plants barely grow at all. They don't produce any fruit. Do I need to say that again? You need to know how to discern in your life who's around you. Thorns or nutrients. Because if you're not contributing to my garden and helping me grow, I got to pull you out. Uh, it ain't nothing personal it's just I'm trying to grow stuff and you keep coming and every time something, something comes up it gets choked out it gets choked out by unbelief because when my faith is trying to rise up I can't be surrounded by thorns of unbelieving people y'all better help me I need people around me that's gonna push me further up out of my soil cause the further I go up the deeper I got y'all better help me some of you are around too many thorns they don't contribute they choke oh that was good that was good. So I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want God to put his word in me and it get choked out by the thorns. I'm, I'm trying to build my faith. I'm trying to, and you can recognize thorns real easy. They, they always seem to show up when you're trying to study. They, they always pop up when you believe them for something. 
come? Who told you you could do that? We can't go out there. COVID, COVID is a thorn. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real thorn, but it ain't gonna choke out our faith. Yeah, you you gotta you you have to understand that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and He's trying to grow something. And and the thing to keep if things listen, if we've been called to plant, right? We've been called to water. All this is agricultural, if I said that right, you know what I'm talking about. That, 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 you know that he's been calling us to do, to be farmers, to reap, to sow. How are we going to reap, sow, water, plant if we can't get out in the field? So the enemy has to throw something to keep us fearful for getting in the field. Because if we don't get in the field, he can choke. That's why we got to go out so we could pull out the thorns. Our children are dying because of thorns. I'm not going to go ahead of myself. I'll get there in a minute. And then finally, some seed fell on good soil. Say, I want that to be me. It produced a crop 160, 30 times more than what was planted. Farming experts know just what kind of soil is needed for their crops. They, they will add the right kind of fertilizer. So that the plants can grow. Right. Be, uh, when the Bible talks about people will heap up preachers because they have itching ears. They want to hear what they got because you don't want to grow. I don't need anybody. I always make sure I got a couple of people in my life. You know what I'm saying? I, I, always, I always make sure I got somebody I'm teaching. And I always make sure somebody's teaching me. I, I'm always watering, but I need to be watered. And the people who water me have proven themselves that when they throw a little dung at me. And, see, see, I don't, I don't call them when I want them to okay my nonsense. I call them when I know I'm moving in nonsense. And I need some fertilizer. I, 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 I can feel I've been a, y'all better help me. And, and see, them people will throw stuff at you that is not quite good to swallow. But if you swallow it, it'll help you grow. I, I don't need to be in a room where I'm the smartest person. Because if you're the smartest person in the room, that means you're the dumbest person. And y'all better, better help me up here. There, there needs to be somebody in the room that knows a little bit more than you. They add vitamins and they add nutrients. They, they show you, listen, bro, <laughs> you don't need to be moving that way. Well, I'm called of God. I'm anointed. I am the mind. I, I, I ain't found that yet. Where, where did the D come from at the end of man? But I am the mind of God. I want to be good soil. I want seed to go in. I don't want to approach God's word like I know it. 
I want to approach it like it's the first time I approached it. Lord, feed me. Here am I. I'm not going into to proof text. Uh, my, my nonsense. Because I could find a scripture. Oh, I know how to work this word. I, I can make the scripture say what I want it to say. But I don't need to make it say what I want it to say. I need to hear what it's saying. He who has an ear, let him hear. So if we want to be good soil so the blessing of God can grow out of our spirits into our lives, there, has, there are some important principles that we must follow from Hosea. Break up your follow ground. Sow righteousness. Now, what is so awesome about this is that this is a turning point in this letter because we've been studying Hosea and we know that the children of Israel have doing, been doing everything but righteousness. But God is still telling them to sow righteousness. Y'all missed it. He, he, he said, I know what you've done. I know what you're doing, but there's still hope. Because he didn't say, I'm going to sow it. He said, break up the foul ground, which was ground that was fruitful before. Y'all, 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 catch it, catch it. Catch it. So the first thing I need to do is write this point down. Here, here go point one. Remember your heritage. That, that's the first thing you got to do because we're about to shift. We have to remember our heritage. We have to remember that the follow ground used to be fruitful. Somebody say I'm from good stock. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking about your natural parents. I'm talking about you are children of the Most High God. You are a royal priesthood of a, a chosen generation. Of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That, that he, he chose us. He chose the foolish things to confound the wise. Y'all better help me up in here. Y'all, he chose the unchoosable. He chose the unlovable. The, the, the least of the least. That's, that's who he chose. He, he said, you are my child you come from good stock you got God's DNA in your very being that's who you are so you have to remember your heritage and when stuff start drying up around you and things aren't going as you know they should be going for a child of the most high Woo! you got to say wait a minute I gotta remember my heritage I gotta learn from my former days Job 8, 8 through 10 says, For inquire, I pray thee, of the former age, and prepare thyself to search of thy fathers. For we are but of yesterday and know nothing, because our days upon earth are a shadow. Shall they not teach thee and tell thee and other words of the heart? You have to learn from your past. Listen, I think I, I when, when I start looking at my life and I start thinking about what God wants to do through me I, and the enemy wants to come and plant thorns and rocks and thistles all in my life, I remember my heritage. I remember my former days. I, I, uh, see, see, I know you're going to act like you ain't never did nothing, but I remember that when I was not, not 
just now, but before I was in the crack house, I, I remember the lying, I remember the stealing, I remember the drug use, I remember the whoremongering, I remember, oh, okay, okay, ain't you, I remember what God brought me out of, I remember how he delivered me out of that accident one year ago last week, I remember how he delivered me from when people were shooting at me, I remember when he brought me up out of the hospital when I didn't have enough sense, when I got sliced from head to ear and the, the knife jumped over my juggler and I was so crazy I went to the hospital and after they stitched me up I snatched the IV out of my arm walked out the hospital and got another bag of crack I remember where God brought me from and I remember that I did not deserve anything that God has done I remember that God said I called you when you were locked up I called you when you were homeless I don't you sit there and act like you got it all together remember your heritage remember that I called you out and I made you who I made you and it's not you who made you you did not make yourself And then I have to remember that. And then I have to preserve an ancient landmark. Woo! I, I, you got to remember Israel, every time God brought them out, they would build altars. Yes. They would build altars. And the altars were to remind them of the places that God delivered them. See, I know why people forget where they came from. Because they didn't worship where they were at. They, they forget that if it wasn't for God who touched you, you'd be strung out right now. You'd be prostrate. Don't, don't look at them chicks sideways on Ferry Street because if God didn't deliver you from that pimp that you was with, you'd be out there right now making money for somebody. Y'all better don't you sit there and look at me like... Every place you go by. That's why some of you are scared to go in certain places. Because it brings back too many memories of what I did. Oh my God. But if you go ahead and build an altar. God will do something at an altar. At, at an altar there's a sacrifice. And usually at a sacrifice there's something that's being offered up. Oh, I feel like preaching. I, 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 I see this evident. You might not see it in your life, but let me just go ahead and boast on my God. Do you know that every place that God had delivered me from, every house that I ever smoked crack in, every place that ever got busted, every place where people try to stick me up or I was going to be robbed, things that went sideways because I was acting a fool. And every place I go by and I remember how God delivered me, I don't see nothing but boards on the house. Either God burnt it down to ashes. He built up and resurrected something else because no weapon. Well, somebody say, remember your heritage. I used to be fruitful. And what I used to be, I could be again. Where did you lose your first love? Where did you leave that place? The next point is you got to recognize your responsibility for the follow ground. Oh, my God. 
The fallow ground is ground that is unworked. You have to understand, church, the responsibility for the condition of the ground. Okay, I'm going to read this scripture from Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. It's a lot of scripture. I know you're probably reading more scripture than you used to, but it's okay. Hold on tight. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekiah, and it came to pass in the month of Shislu, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the place that Hanai, one of my brethren, came, and he, of certain men of Judah, he asked, coming concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the providence are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down. The gates are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words, I sat down and I wept. I mourned for certain days. I fasted. I prayed before the God of heaven and said, I beseech you, O Lord, God of heaven, great and terrible God, to keep it covenant and mercy for them that love and observe your commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open. Open, that they may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you right now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which have sinned against you. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against you, and have not kept the commandments or the statutes, nor the correction. Right? Am I, where did I go? Nor, the, nor your judgments. Finish it. What does it say? Stop. Now, what, what happened was the city was in ruins. They were, the, the city, the gates, the walls, everything was burnt down. Every, they, they were uh, led captive. And now he, Nehemiah is, is weeping. He's praying for his, his city. He's, he's recognizing his responsibility that the land is not fruitful. Uh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Y'all still missed it. So, you can't look at the stuff that's going on in our city. And you can't say, where's the police? And you can't say, look at these kids. What, what's going on with our communities? The first thing they say, say, you know, and I, y'all saw, I responded to the post, you know, or, or you see the kids riding down on the on the highway, and then you see them on Whaley Avenue, and you hear all the shooting, and they say, you know what, where the police? Well, I'll tell you where they at. They in the precinct. Because when they come out, and if they did anything, then they're going to get charged, because you ain't going to like the way they handled your kids. So they ain't coming out. So, so you can't say F the police on one hand and say where the police on the other. Oh, y'all ain't going to, don't you sit there and look at me. Because they ain't coming. The question needs to be, where are the parents? Uh, oh, we don't want to take responsibility for our kids. For what our children are doing.
not my baby. But let's not blame the kids. Let's blame the parents. Oh, you ain't going to say nothing. We don't want to take responsibility for the condition of the ground. Okay, let's move beyond the parents. Because the next thing they want to say is, where's the church? Where's the leaders? We can't lead what you don't bring to church. Isn't it funny? How you want the church to do everything for your kids that you won't bring to church? Oh, you ain't going to say, I ain't talking to y'all. This social media, y'all, this going to be. So you want the church to take responsibility. Everybody but where the responsibility lies. And the reason why my heart is for the streets is because that's where God delivered me from. That's why I can still walk down Kissing Street. I can still walk through the Ville. I can still walk through the... Y'all ain't gonna say nothing because I haven't forgotten where I came from. But I know I'm better than where I was at. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing. But you can't come judgmental and critical because we... I know my part in making the ground like it was. So I got to take responsibility for my part. You want to talk about the women who dress in all provocative and what are these girls doing? And I wish she was 13 years old, bang, bang, boom, boom. But you going to talk about her, but you ain't going to mother her. You ain't going to talk to a sister, but you will talk about a sister. Black Lives Matter. To who? To who? They only matter when the white person is killing us. It does not matter when we're killing each other. And you want to complain about a statue. Oh, my God, help me up. They know better than to hit me up. They already know. They don't even know. They already know, Sister Montreal. They know. You want to knock a statue down. Y'all done messed it up. I can't even go to Peppy's no more. Y'all better leave me alone. Y'all better. Who's to have the best day food now? You got to be. Listen. It's not about a statue. We get mad about a statue. But we got statues in our neighborhoods. They on the corner every week. We better wake up. We have to take responsibility. And we have to do our part to break up the follow ground. And the reason why we can't till ground out there is because we have not tilled it in here. It's funny how people want to come to your garden and show you how to plant stuff and their garden look a ragged mess. How is it you got a green thumb for my life? 
Somebody say responsibility. They talked about it in Acts 9 when he said, you know what? What should we do? He said, trembling and astonished in, in Acts 9, 6. What will they have me to do? And the Lord said to them, arise, go into the city, and it will be told what you must do. So now we move to the process of becoming a fruitful land. How do we become the ground God can truly bless so the rain can saturate us to the point to where we can overflow to our communities?